The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. There's one power strong enough to break the cycle of addiction and incarceration. One name that restores and redeems hearts. One true Savior. This is Prison Transformation Radio. Stories of chains broken and hearts restored. Here are your hosts, Jim Moore and Pastor Dwight Anderson. Welcome to Prison Transformation Radio on AM 980, The Mission, the Twin Cities Christian Voice. On this program, we're going to explore second chances with Charles, a.k.a. Pete Sutter, with the Minnesota Department of Corrections and the Second Chance Coalition. Learn how you can play a role in breaking the cycles of repeat incarceration by helping to lift the barriers to reentering society, and you'll find a lot of options on the show today. We'd also like to thank Crossing Home for being our sponsor for this month. They're a remarkable resource They provide homes, not just houses, for men and women coming out of treatment and for those exiting the criminal justice system. When you visit visit their website, you'll also find a wealth of transitional services. Please visit Crossing Home, crossinghome crossinghome.org. My name is Jim Moore. I'm the director of the R3 Collaborative and my beloved co-host. I always come up with something new, Pastor. (laughs) My beloved co-host is Pastor Dwight Anderson, Prison Mission Association. So my tongue's still getting in gear here, okay. but uh, how you doing, Pastor? I'm doing and good. I know you got a heart for second chances, and yes. um, tell us about about your experience with that and kind of what you're looking forward to in talking with Pete today. Yeah, because a lot of times the people, they serve their prison sentence, and so their debt to society is paid, but when they get out, we they have what they call the second prison. See, isn't that a powerful where idea? Where it's so difficult for them to find a job, get housing, mm. to even just to rent a place, uh, you know, so so it's it's there's a lot of hurdles, a lot of barriers after yeah. prison that we've got to help them to be successful. So otherwise, they end up back up in prison, and that's their and recidivism a lot rate is there's so a high. high rate. They trip yeah. over and they 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 go back to their old ways, you know, selling drugs or something where they can make money since yeah. they can't get a job. And so that's what we're trying to recidivate to a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. And Pete, who's our guest today, folks, um, one of especially with the DOC is looking at those rates of recidivism Mm -hmm. and the research. So we're going to talk about those with the R3 Collaborative. We work on providing resources, but a lot of the barriers are legal issues, political issues. Mm -hmm. And so part of the power of the Second Chance Coalition, it, it is an activist advocating group. They work uh, locally here in Minnesota at the state capitol. We're going to talk about Day on the Hill, mm-hmm. February 7th. More on that later, where you can join your voice to the rest of the voices, Second Chance uh, Coalition, um, but also nationally in partnership with Prison Fellowship and other national organizations. Yep. Second Chance Coalition has been actually changing laws. A new one just went into effect a few months ago, banned the box. So we'll talk about a lot yeah. of those. But my point is, not only do people got to change everything and support groups and therapy and, every, and get a job, but we've got to lift some of the legal barriers, mm-hmm. right? And yes. that's that's what Second Chance Coalition is really helping with. Right. So without any further ado, he's sitting here nodding <laughs> along with what we're saying. Pete Sutter, 
Minnesota Department of Corrections. He has a very long title, and I asked him to share that. But it's easy. His title with the Second Chance Coalition is as the president of the board and one of the leaders of that organization. So welcome, Pete. Well, thank you for having yeah. me. We've been looking forward to having you. Yeah, I've been yes. looking forward to it yeah. myself. My yes. first time on the radio, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, awesome. Be kind. Awesome. We've been Listening doing this audience. for a year. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're still pseudo-professionals. Yeah. We'll talk good. about that. But it sounds good. Yeah. And we're really, we just want to bring insight and information to people. So how about a little bit of the big picture? Okay. In terms of, tell us uh, your title, actually, and the work you're currently doing. Because I've known you for years through R3, mm-hmm. and mostly it's been focused on transition. So big picture of your work with the Minnesota Department of Corrections, and then also the Second Chance Coalition. So currently I'm the uh, supervisor on the statewide recidivism reduction initiatives. Um, And those are really special projects projects that the uh, DOC takes on uh, around reducing recidivism for um, men and women returning from prison. Um, So hand in glove with Second Chance Coalition, isn't it? Yeah, and that's really how I got my start with the Second Chance Coalition was my work through the DOC. Um, So I started with the recidivism Recidivism Reduction Initiatives, or MINSER, uh, four years ago now um, as a regional coordinator where the state was kind of broken up into four and one of those regions was mine. And I worked closely with community providers in changing some of their practices about how they deal with uh, the men and women they serve coming out of prison. So um, that's where I got my start and really how I met you was through community work and and the work you're doing with And R3. you were always there networking with people yeah. and, and engaging resources. Mm-hmm. Um, just how did you get involved in this kind of work? Was this kind of like a lifelong thing for you? Or you always wanted to be in the DOC? You got a heart for these folks? What got you involved with this, Pete? Well, I definitely have a heart for these folks, but I know it's no, nothing I ever saw myself doing. Um, so uh, was it about 2009, 2010, I graduated from law school. Okay. And... Uh, mm. At that time, the economy was kind of rough. Um, Opportunities were a little more scarce for young lawyers. So instead of kind of sitting back and waiting and um, feeling sorry for myself that I wasn't getting the opportunities I wanted, I reached out to the AmeriCorps VISTA uh, program. And I did a VISTA internship. And for that internship, or uh, um, they don't call it an internship, uh, it's kind of a service year. Yeah, for my service here. I've seen those folks in a number of different organizations, VOA, Amicus, different Mm -hmm. places for people to engage. So my location was at Hennepin County uh, Corrections. So, and I was tasked with setting up a job development um, program for their adult probationers. So that's really how I got my start. Was in workforce development and with Hennepin County um, for, um, at that time, probationers. So this is pre prison. This is uh, people that don't end up incarcerated, but end up on probation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, um, I did practice law for a few years, found out that wasn't my hustle, and then started looking for opportunities. And I got an opportunity at MinCore Employee Program. Okay. And I was working workforce development um, for their program, which is a prison release uh, work program. Um, and that's how I got really got my start. And from there, I moved on to the DOC. And, and I also met you through, and I think, Pastor Dwight, you've been involved mm-hmm. with the, the Minnesota Department of Corrections Transitions 
Yep. There's monthly meetings. These are resource providers. It's it's not really the focus of our show today, but are you still involved with that? And in, that's a way that the DOC can actually have people come to headquarters yes. and meet with. Tell us a little bit about those transition meetings. So every second Friday of the month um, from 10 to noon, we meet at um, the Minnesota Department of Corrections um, Central Office, which is on Energy Park Drive in St. Paul. Um, and we provide a space for community organizations, people interested in um, this topic to come in. And we have a couple hour long discussion. We usually have a guest speaker that comes in and presents on either a barrier people face or treatment options for people leaving yeah. prison. Um, uh, it could be community specific. Um, they're, they're remarkable meetings. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're going to post those on our coming events on the R3 Collaborative website. We, we, we try to do that with uh, with R3, just, hey, here's some things you can check out and kind of look at, too. And these are totally open to the public. So whether or not you're working in this industry or volunteering in this industry, if you're just interested, you can come down and, and, and meet some of the really um, passionate people that work in this area. And so if people wanted more information... Uh, websites are kind of hard to remember, but what if they what if they Googled Minnesota Department of Corrections transitions? Well, hopefully they'll find our Transition Coalition newsletter, and they can subscribe to that. Okay. Um, that information isn't in front of me, but I think a, a regular internet search will find I, that. I think an internet search, and if not, yeah. R3's got your back, folks. That's kind of what we do. We, mm-hmm. we don't really provide any services other than like the old-time telephone operators we try to get people plugged in through r3collaborative.org and what's the broadcasting area for this show this show statewide it's twin cities but twin then cities. i think it, it the jumps internet. on some other shows but then pastor dwight yeah, you were talking the internet, about the internet anybody can listen to this on am980themission.com worldwide it's uh so there are other uh transition yes. coalition meetings across the state as well excellent so baxter has one it's okay. called the central yeah. minnesota transition coalition meeting the same setup Perfect. So probation officers, court services, um, treatment providers, they show Excellent. up, and it's really just to get together around this issue around prison reentry. Excellent. So um, we'll follow up on that, yeah. and folks, we'll make sure all this information, um, by the time this show airs, will be available at the r3collaborative.org. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Prison Transformation Radio with Jim Moore of the R3 Collaborative and myself, Pastor Dwight Anderson, with Prison Mission Association. We come to you on AM 980 The Mission. The Twin Cities Christian Voice broadcast every Saturday at 1 p.m. Today you're listening to Second Chance Day on the Hill with Charles, Pete actually, Sutter, and the Minnesota Department of Corrections and Second Chance Coalition. If you missed any part of the show today or want to share this program, listen and download the podcast at am980themission.com. So, Pete, um, you talked about this recidivism rate. Can you explain that a little bit and maybe what the rate is yeah. and what, where, where it's come from and where it's going or... Explain a little yeah. bit about that. What's the problem? It's a big word, is, recidivism. Too, and and a it's a people, challenging, yeah. it's a big problem, too. Yes. Big word yes. and a big problem. So in Minnesota, we define recidivism as a return to prison within three years of release. Oh, so okay. it's a charge for a new crime. Um, and currently, we sit at about 37% statewide um, across the board recidivism rate. That means 37% of the time, people will leave our prison and, and come back within three years. Um, for our high-risk um offender populations. And um, I know that term can be a little dicey sometimes. So these are people leaving prison. We call them offenders at the DOC. It's 60, it's 66, 67%. So that's the number I've heard, 67%. So these are national average. Right. right. So these 
people are assessed on the MinSTAR, which is our risk assessment, and if they come out high risk, it's fairly predictive, and 66 to 67% will return to prison. Within three years. Within three years, yeah. yeah. And I know that it's you could do a PhD on it, maybe you're working on that, yeah. but for the sake of, of this show, that does a pretty big numbers. I think they shock people, and... And, and there's tragedy and all that, but it's complex. What are some of the causes of that? What, what are people missing or what are their needs? I don't think we can just say, oh, they're criminals. And right. Once a criminal, that's right. what people said about me when I had, was in a drug addiction. No, no, no. There are driving forces in this issue. So what's driving recidivism? So the way I really like to look at it is, um, you know, we spend so much time talking about risk, high risk, low risk, medium risk, you know. Um, the, but the way I look at it, are these people returning that, that are most likely to come back really have low reentry capital? They have low things that they they don't have very much at their disposal resources to make it reentry upon. capital. Yeah. Reentry capital like, is yeah. the way I like to look That's at it. It's a good way to kind of flips it around it. because yeah. then you start focusing on okay, what what do these guys need? What do they need to be successful? Yeah. Um, a lot of it has to do with um, uh, addiction, right? Uh, we see addiction driving um, incarceration rates all the time. Yeah. A, a majority, yep. I don't know what the percentages are, but a lot of folks. Yeah. 80% have yeah. a have a history of abuse, yes. either alcohol or drugs, right? Okay. Yep. Maybe not a, a chemical dependency to that level, but a history of abuse. But that's the gasoline on the fire. Right, yes, exactly. exactly. Um, so, you know, good treatment in the community um, okay. goes a long way. Um, attitudes, values, and beliefs, these are, these are learned behaviors, things that they've picked up throughout their life, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, you and I see a wallet on a park bench. Our first thought isn't to keep it. Our first thought is probably to find the owner, mm-hmm. get it back to the right place. Yeah. Um, somebody with criminal thinking problems or uh, antisocial values and beliefs, their first thought is probably, you know, to keep that wallet. So cognitive behavioral programming does a goes a long way in treating some of those uh, values and beliefs and, and that thinking. So mm-hmm. that type of treatment inside and outside goes a long way. Um, peer associates are huge. Um, so a lot of times your family uh, or the people you surround yourself with are um, likely criminal as well. And breaking some of those bonds mm. and getting people pro-social friends um, engaging in pro-social activities um, can go a long way in preventing recidivism rates as well. So a lot of these sound like the internal issues yeah. that someone's wrestling with. I'll give you another 50-cent word, folks. Criminogenic needs. Okay. I just like the way yeah. that sounds. <laughs> but I'm translating for a yeah. regular guy. It's, it's kind of the things you just described. Yeah. I remember from an article I read recently. So if you want some more in-depth on that, folks, just uh, Google criminogenic needs, and you'll see there's a whole science yeah. behind this, Pastor yeah. Dwight, yep. that, that you can get more information about with it. Now, how about those external issues? Okay. Because that's where we want to transition to the second so chance goals. The barriers, yes. okay. the external barriers, laws, finding apartments. What are those barriers, and what are you doing with Second Chance Coalition to try to break this second prison down a little bit? Definitely. So um, you're right. There's all sorts of what we call collateral consequences, right? These are the things that happen to you because of uh, 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 incarceration, or because you've been in I think prison. that's a movie title, too. <laughs> that's Collateral <a> <laughs> consequences. <laughs> yeah. But no, this, so in so, this. It, yeah, in this case, right, there's all sorts of things that go along with 
uh, being convicted and being incarcerated. Um, and you've, you've mentioned, you've mentioned some of them already. So, uh, um, finding employment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Is difficult. Right. Um, ban the box has helped. It goes a long way. It, so talk about that a little bit, because that was a success a few years ago. But that was I heard a lot of people heralding that as a breakthrough. Right. Mm-hmm. So what what was the problem and what was the solution with the ban the box? So ban the box is legislation that made it um, made it uh, so you're no longer able to ask. Um, whether somebody has a felony conviction on an application process, right? Because that uh, was the box that was right. always on the application. Uh, and it ended up being a pre-screen. If you check that box, that's it. That application is going in the trash. Yeah. So ban the box made that that um, practice that you saw in business um, illegal. Yeah. So um, it's not uh, a cure-all. People can still do background checks, but at least it gives uh, a a man or woman the chance to get in the door and show somebody who they are, right? Mm-hmm. They get that interview. Position themselves, express themselves. Explain. Tell their story. Yeah. Right. yeah. We have so many people that have moved on from their crimes, and that box um, just keeps it there front of mind, you mm-hmm. know, that checkbox. So getting rid of that gave people a chance to tell their own story, to um, frame their past um, in a way that would make them more attractive to employers. Excellent. Um, and so there's a lot of other things you're working on. Another success was just passed nationally into law in January, um, the first the First Step Act. Yep. Can you tell us a little? That's a brand new thing, but that's I've heard a lot of that on the radio. Like this could be another, if not a game changer, at least a breakthrough with barriers. What's the Next Step Act? So Next Step is uh, a federal initiative. So this affects people that are incarcerated federally. Okay. Um, and I'm no expert on this. You know, I, all my interest is, on, is in state laws and Yeah, but maybe a big picture. Big picture-wise, right, it, it, it reduces some of those numbers in federal prisons. And federal prisons make up anywhere between, I think, 5 and 8% of our okay. prison population nationwide. And I think it's going to go a long way in helping those people that get caught and, up on federal charges. And how does it help them? Does it like reduces um, those barriers? Reduces sentences. Okay. I think. So um, you know we've struggled a long time under mad- mandatory minimums, and people get these long sentences yeah. for um, nonviolent crimes a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, drug charges and whatnot. So I think some of these people that were caught up in that are going to see some relief. Excellent. And it's just a good sign that. That, that things are happening on a national and as well as a local level. So let's zero in with Second Chance Coalition on February 7th at the state capitol at 10 a.m. in the morning that it's a day on the hill for the Second Chance mm-hmm. Coalition. And if you go to the Second Chance Coalition website, uh, you can see a picture of last year's. You can get more specific kind of information on that. But this is a place for folks to join their voice. They can come at 10 in the morning, spend a few hours, I guess, um, and, and add their voice to those that not, we're not whining and complaining about it. We're just saying political leaders, let's, let's do some things. So tell us a little bit about that day and what are we trying to influence our elected officials to, to do, to do more of? What, what would we be advocating on February 7th? So... If you if you want to get involved, yeah, mm-hmm. um, perfect. You can go online and register and come on down and 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 join us. We usually have five hundred plus people there. Um, oh my lord, that's a lot of voices. Yeah, it is that's a ton. Great. So we have the whole rotunda 
um, for about an hour. Um, Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Yeah. Their choir will sing. Yeah. Um, we'll have guest speakers. Sarah Walker will be there. Anna Odegaard will be there. And they'll talk about some of the issues that we care about at the Second Chance Coalition. And those issues are voting Perfect. restoration, right? Okay. So, so after incarceration. Right. Yep. Or even, uh, yep. So after incarceration, um, a lot of guys come out and they have um, supervised release for many years. And during that time, they can't vote. So okay. um, a big thing with Second Chance is this isn't rationally related to keeping the public safe. Right. This prevents people from uh, engaging in their community and fully. becoming a citizen. Right. Mm-hmm. And paying taxes, mm-hmm. right. voting. Right. And, and and yet traditionally you're barred from life once you've been to prison. It depends on the state here okay. in Minnesota. It's just as long as you're on paper. So on um, probation, okay. on probation, supervised release. If you're um, uh, it's kind of a term of art, but on paper, uh, you're not able to vote. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what we want to do is once people are in the community. They should have full voting rights. They should be able to participate. Excellent. Um, so and that's, re- that's returning, right, Pastor, as a citizen to society. Right. right. Okay. Yeah, what and, else and I think on? that okay. that could get some great movement this year, actually. Yeah. Just, you know, with all this movement on the national level and some focus on criminal justice reform, I think we can make some movement on that issue. Excellent. What else mm. y'all working on? Or can we help <laughs> add our voice to? So the... Uh, another one thing that we really want to work on is reducing uh, felony probation periods. So in Minnesota, we actually do a really good job. We don't send a lot of people to prison. I mean, we currently have about 10,000 people in our prisons. Uh, Wisconsin's a good analog, about the same size, population density, demographics. They they incarcerate 30,000. So, My goodness. yeah, we're, we're probably the second lowest in the nation incarceration-wise. But we do rely on community supervision and long terms of probation yeah. uh, and supervised release um, supervision. So um, kind of we want to lower some of those periods, you know, and we want to cap those at maybe around eight years. Um, there's different versions of legislation out there that we'd support um, to kind of lower some of those um, periods on probation. And the third big thing that we want to do is really reduce the impact of fines and fees. So we have guys leaving our prisons with a lot of fines and fees, you know. And just carrying that financial weight. Right. Some of them are court fees, misdemeanor traffic fines. And these things prevent people from getting employment, uh, getting housing. Um, It incentivizes even not getting a legitimate job, right? Mm-hmm. So um, staying off the grid, right? So if we can reduce some of these fines and fees for men and women when they leave prison, we think it will have a, a big impact mm-hmm. on their success. Well, so it doesn't time fly by. It does. Yes. Hey, we got a couple minutes left, but I, I really want to land on inviting folks to engage. So February 7th, 10 a.m. at the state capitol, and the website is, and it's, it's, there's a number of letters here, MN mcca.com correct okay and i tried it this morning if you google second chance coalition it it pops right up at the top of the google list so so i just that's the place folks to get more information correct right there's articles there's references this coalition folks is a remarkable thing um you can pray course mm-hmm. you can funding is important we need fuel to do this political activation or activist kind of work and and also you can get involved with things like uh, february 7th joining us on the day on the hill 
yeah, and I really want to encourage anybody listening that feels like they want to engage more in this issue or with people doing this work, go to our website. Yeah. Uh, there's a way to become a member. There's a tab on top that says events and trainings uh, to get registered. Um, yeah, we should have a big year ahead of us. We're excited. Excellent. And folks, you always got uh, the backup of r3collaborative.org. If you go to the upcoming events page, we always we will spotlight the day on the hill so you can have access to the website. So if um, go directly to their site, but also use us for backup. All right. Well, thank you so much, Pete, for coming in and sharing with us. And all of you that listened in today at Prison Transformation Radio, listen to us every Saturday at 1 o'clock. And we're just about out of time here. So uh, I want to encourage you, though, if you missed any part of the program, go to am980themission.com, and you can listen to the rest of the broadcasts or other broadcasts that we have. And we'd love your support and financial support, too. You can go to r3collaborative.org. That's r, then the number three, collaborative.org. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time we can be together and share with everyone listening about the opportunities to break down the barriers for this people that are coming out of prison. And thank you for Pete and the, and the work that he's doing. Lord, continue to encourage everyone on the day on the hill on February 7th to get involved and to make a difference. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thank you. See you all next week. <laughs>